1: erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein coming January 2nd wherever podcasts are available. (sighs) We did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so
0: fast and so well. When I'm in New York... I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling
1: meeting after meeting for work that
0: could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here. Mapping timelines here. Or brainstorming next steps here. It all just
2: happens on the Miro board.
0: Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy.
2: Hey! Well, it is true.
0: See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O dot
1: Hey everybody! Welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! 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 I like it, Mike repping the repping the official shirt of the Geek Buddies. There,
2: love it. That's right. Fantastic! <laughs> I love having you guys on my breasts. Hello, hello. <laughs> It makes for very, a good hump day. It's a good hump day.
1: Strong. Can, you,
0: can you make our faces dance?
1: <laughs> can you do it? No! And And true to form, it's me going, Oh, ah, ah, right in the middle. <laughs> to the left, to the right. It's
2: fantastic. Well, there you go.
1: For <laughs> all of our podcast listeners,
2: Mike
0: just flexed his rippling pectorals to make,
1: to make our animated faces move on his shirt. He did. It was fantastic to see for sure. So, uh, we got so much going on here today. We're going to talk some Star Wars updates, you know, the Bad Batch, the Kenobi cast, all of that. Get into some DC news with that Suicide Squad three-minute trailer. This seems to be the new norm now lately, three-minute trailers. Uh, and we're talk about uh, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. That dropped just as we finished our show last week so we're kind of playing catch up on that one we're gonna get into a little bit of thundercats news and then our main topic today will be uh kind of reviewing the first three episodes of invincible so hopefully you've seen it we don't i don't think we'll dive too much in the spoilers maybe we might touch a little bit of spoiler stuff but we'll see as it goes along but encourage you all to definitely see those first three episodes on amazon prime but let's introduce ourselves uh my name is john roke i'm a writer producer and host here on the outlaw nation
2: I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies.
0: And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. Where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine Nine, Silicon Valley, and Modern Family.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you may see him very soon at a Universal Studios park near you in Hollywood. If you live in Los Angeles, you can go and see him there. He might be going back to, or he's going back to work very soon, and you might get a chance to see him do his thing as well. You will be uh, seeing me like this. Oh, yeah, with the mask on, so look for the eyes, look for the eyes. Uh, but though, for those of you who are new, thank you so much for taking a chance on us. For those of you are downloading us on the podcast stream as well, thank you very much. Please don't forget, the Geek Buddies are available on their separate podcast stream So go and download that, or feed rather, go and download that, go and subscribe there so you can hear all our voices in case you don't want to see our pretty faces talking about the things we talk about and all our reviews. All the audio is up there on the Geek Buddies uh, uh, podcast feed and if you're uh, uh uh coming back thank you so much for joining us every week here as we talk all this geeky goodness all right uh the way the show works is uh each of us brings up a geek news item we talk about it amongst ourselves we do that each of us all three of us take a mini break and jump into our main topic so let's get it going because we have so much to cover today uh ladies and gentlemen star wars is ramping up i know this is exciting news here we got a kenobi cast reveal and we got a bad bass trailer let's deal with the kenobi cast so many people are coming oh so many people have been announced to be a part of this cast we'd already knew that indira varma had been announced just a week or so ago we knew that hayden christensen is coming back kathleen kennedy announced that so now we've got more now joel edgerton coming back as uncle owen Body Peasy coming back as Aunt Beru. We've also got O'Shea Jackson Jr. We've got some Kane. We've got so many great actors that are coming back to be a part. Rupert Friend to be a part of this series and be a part of this. And this is a six-episode series at this point. Vogel, I go to you. Are you excited about this multicultural and diverse cast going into Tatooine or wherever we're going to go in this series?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, I think that both – I guess Disney as a whole, but Marvel – uh Cinematic Universe and the Star Wars universe, uh, both are going very strong into making sure that their their galaxies and superhero universes are as diverse as possible. And I think it's yeah. great. I think it's awesome. Uh, I do not think it is political. I think it is making our fantasy universes looking more like our everyday universe, and I am here for it. Yeah. Uh, I think the cast is great. I think it, it it's a really awesome looking cast of really, really talented people, variety of people who are both dramatic and comedic, which is very befitting of the Star Wars universe. Of course, as Star Wars fans, we cannot help ourselves. Uh, so as <laughs> soon as we see the cast list, uh, you know, like you said, we... we we got an Uncle Owen, we've got an Aunt Baru, we know Hayden Christensen, who he's playing, but beyond that, we don't really know, and of course we are going to guess, and we are going to take every character from video games, <laughs> comics, and any version of Star Wars that we like, and start making guesses that Mandalorian has taught us 90% of the time will be completely incorrect. <laughs> um, so, but who's so playing really- Mephisto? Who's playing? But Mephisto? who is <laughs> Mephisto? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of conjecture online. Uh, obviously, like with 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 uh, the Indira Varma news, we were yeah. talking about who she could be. Uh, everyone from Duchess Satine to uh, to the to the the second sister. Mm. Uh, even like looking at like Moses Ingram being cast. Like the first thing I was like, oh, is she going to be Siri from the Fallen Order game? Because she looks kind of like her. So right, right. I think that uh, there's lots of conjecture. But overall. Um, I'm just really stoked. I think that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, the, it's almost like the most obvious ones or the things that we already knew still have me the most excited. Yeah. Like the fact that Hayden Christensen is even in Obi-Wan, uh, means we're going to be diving into stuff that I didn't really think we'd be diving into. Uh, and I think uncle Owen and Aunt Beru actually getting a chance to do something yeah, is yeah. going to be nice. I think that, you know, having them cast in the prequels was nice because they fit the roles and they look like younger versions of or much more younger than the timeline would uh state that they should be but still younger nonetheless uh younger versions of Owen and Brew but actually getting to see a little bit of this dynamic of Obi-Wan watching over this chosen one versus an aunt and uncle who are like we just want our kid to be safe and hopefully that being a conflict that we're going to dive into so I'm excited I'm stoked
1: absolutely to round out the cast here, Kamal Nanjani uh, uh S- Simon uh, Simone Cassell who's a New Zealand actress and Benny Safty one half of the Safty brothers who just did Uncut Gems a little over a year ago so Shannon yeah as as Michael mentioned Moses Ingram I've seen with Moses Ingram Ray Sloan I've seen possibly a young Ahsoka Tano being thrown out there. There's so many. Po- Saj Ventress has even come up in some conversations. So, wh- first of all, what's your reaction to this uh, incredibly diverse cast, and what's your thoughts on what we might be getting with this cast?
0: Well, I can't believe you didn't mention Sung Kong
1: uh, from, from uh, Fast. Uh, and I did. I just mentioned it. Fast, oh, did, oh, so, did you, oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, you to you mirror said, how fast he goes in the series. But
0: no, oh, that's all right. Go ahead. Yeah. you said it fast, but not furious. Sorry, <laughs> that's why I didn't. That's why it didn't wow. stick out to me.
1: <laughs> wow. Just- I think. See- this is, this is why he works at Universal. He's quick, quick on there. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I think I think the cast is, is super impressive. Man, I love yeah. the fact that we might get uh, um, uh, Baru and uh, Uncle Owen and and an experience with Obi Wan where they're kind of like, "Whoa, we do not want this guy mm. near near this child that we're raising." I mean, I love the fact that you have an actor like Kumail Nanjiani who is. Uh, he, who's a comedic actor? He's known for doing voiceovers, but the yeah. dude is shredded right now. So it's like, why couldn't he be a bounty hunter? Why couldn't he be somebody else? No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's super exciting, and this isn't something that they've really done before. This type of cast announcement, where they li- literally put out like an eight by ten and say, "Here's everybody in the show." I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's super cool. I mean, and the fact that we're gonna get the Cassian Andor series before this I think we're supposed to get it by the end of the year I I thought yeah and then Obi-Wan will be next year I mean this this is super exciting and as far as like the the Moses Ingram thing I mean she actually did tweet that I play with lightsabers Mm. so automatically Mm. because Hayden Christensen's in and it's like all right are we going to get some flashbacks is she going to be that young Ahsoka is she going to be Asajj I mean this is all for Star Wars fans this is this is a, an incredibly exciting time. No matter how you thought about the sequel trilogy, the fact that Star Wars is not showing any signs of slowing down is fantastic.
2: Yeah. Mike, you want to say something? Uh, no, I just hadn't thought of the Ahsoka Tano fly. I, I yeah. you know, I, uh, the timeline's weird is that I, I kind of feel like would they do another casting or would right. they just have Rosario play her if they do younger? But, like, they could. Like, it would be interesting to see if they go down that road. Uh, you know, also with Hayden Christensen kind of stepping into this Darth Vader role and knowing that through Rebels and the comics and the video games that this idea of Inquisitors, which is something mm-hmm. we haven't really seen in live action, is mm-hmm. kind of becoming a bigger and bigger part of the Star Wars universe. Are we going to see Inquisitors hunting down Obi-Wan? Like there's just yeah. there's a lot of possibilities, uh, so many possibilities that it's almost a shame it's going to be six episodes. So I, yeah. I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what uh, we're going to get out of it.
1: Yeah, swing back around to you, Shannon Bonapisi. You know, we, we did our reviews of The Val. Michael, you saw The Val, So this is a very interesting thing to have on the heels of her being kind of part of our COVID lockdown uh, pop culture reference points over the last year because of her role in The valve Also, there was a, a Starz series that I think she made in a couple appearances on that also detailed the stuff with the Nexium cult. So to see her coming back to the role that really made her famous uh, of all the stuff that she endured after she got this role – it's kind of interesting, almost like a closing of the circle, a coming home type of thing. Don't you think, Shannon?
0: Yeah, I do think it's really interesting because, uh, one, I think what what that showed you, um, you know, her career did not necessarily take off right. after the prequels. Um, and Joel Edgerton's did. I mean, he mm-hmm. he became a very prolific actor and a director. Um, but that just kind of goes to show you that just because you get cast in one of these huge projects, it's like you have you have a bright path, but it's not it's not in cement. Like it's, it might oh, not yeah. be permanent. And you know, in the, in the vow, you found out that yes, she was kind of paying her bills by going to star Wars conventions. I mean, she's a singer, like the occasional, the occasional gig that she would get. Yeah. So I want, I'm sure she's thrilled right. <laughs> to be coming back for this, but also, you know, you, you, see sort of this redemptive story that she had, that she was a part of this cult yeah. and she kind of had to fight her way out. I mean, she convinced yeah she convinced her husband to go with her and they became a part of this sort of, you know, revolution within this, within this cult. Yeah. And so the fact that this is kind of, the cult is now sort of in her rear view mirror and she's looking to, looking to brighter days and she's going to have days with two sons.
1: Yeah. Oh, Tatooine. Lord. I don't, mm, I'm sorry, Michael. I'm sorry. This is, that's tough. I'm
2: sorry. I just fell asleep for a minute. Yeah. So... <laughs>
1: I said two times nice. because Bonnie Pease is playing Baru, oh,
0: <laughs> they're on Tatooine. Boy. Oh boy! Wow! wow. Thanks for wow. revisiting. Thank you. I mean, it was,
1: you. I mean <laughs> if you got to explain the joke, I feel like well, anyway, uh, yeah. And I'll be curious to see what O'Shea Jackson Jr. plays in this as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been so great building his resume, building his reputation as an actor ever since he came out uh, as playing his dad in Straight Outta Compton. It'll be exciting to see what role they give him in Kenobi as well. Yeah.
2: Well, And the other part that's really great, and we've talked about this a little bit before when Mm. we talked about the Obi-Wan series, but I think when we, we, because you don't have context, when we as Star Wars fans think of Ben Kenobi on Tatooine, we kind of picture he chilled out in his hut, he talked to some sand people, he watched over Luke. And then one day Luke showed up and he went to the Death Star and died. And just looking at the size of this cast, uh, you know, and looking at the fact that Hayden Christensen is in it, you know, Obi-Wan had some shit go down. Like there Mm -hmm. was a lot that went on from the end of Revenge of the Sith to the beginning of New Hope. And we're going to get to see a lot of that. And so it's just, you know, again, I think they're doing a really nice job of taking something that could be a relatively small story uh, and clearly packing it with other things that can connect to other pieces of the story. star wars universe or open up new avenues to us so just like with mandalorian i think they're taking some of these timelines that are less explored uh and giving us a lot more to dive into which is just going to give us more comics more toys more video games more things to debate about online which is great
1: that's a great point absolutely yeah, and hopefully it's a story that merits the six episode series you know we because obviously we're not going to go all the way up until where luke is 17 years old you imagine so or whoever he, he was when when uh that whole thing started in a new hope so hopefully we'll get a really good story that makes it worth having done this series and bringing all these people to be a part of it start shooting it up to in april already and uh, of course Deborah chow leading the way on this one directing it uh and making it possible for us to see this um and that is the only bit of star wars news the bad batch dropped a new trailer we're on the precipice of this thing coming out we're only what about a month away i think it's dropping may yeah. 4th what a fantastic new trailer uh i love the action love seeing the guys go through obstacle courses love the new character the new young character and i know some fans might be like oh they're gonna use a kid and so that's how they soften some of the stuff but who cares it's animated you knew what it was it was this wasn't going to be invincible so you knew it was going to have <laughs> a little more of a softer edge to it but still be badass and certainly we got that from the trailer uh what did you guys think did you enjoy that we've got very clear that grandma tarkin seems to be the big baddie throughout this series
0: yeah, it, it it was awesome. I mean, one the great thing about that trailer is they are not presuming that the audience has seen the Bad Bachelor's first appearance Good in the point. because they yeah. go through and they give a brief, very, very brief introduction as to who each of these characters are. And that's also going to be when they start the show, that probably could be the function of that child character. Is this is this again, that yeah. that child's gonna be the audience, like entering this world. Um, I love the idea that the the uh uh, bad batch are being hunted i'm like that you really get that you really get that a team vibe and the fact that all of the clones had this thing in their head that when order 66 happens made them flip and maybe Mm -hmm. because the bad batch were defective for whatever reason or were 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 different type of clones they didn't have that and so you get to see the fallout of Order 66 from from a new point of view, which I think is going to be super, super cool.
1: Yeah, Mike, we're getting Hunter, Echo, Tech, Wrecker, and Crosshair, and then we're getting this new girl. She's got the Australian accent. It's on Camino. Is this girl a clone? What is this girl?
2: What's the situation? So, guesses would point to yes. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, a lot like great trailer, awesome. Cannot yeah. wait for like this cuz basically Bad Batch is just like Clone Wars 2.0. We're taking the characters that a lot of the characters we knew, a lot of new characters, and we are continuing in this animated universe as it mm-hmm. continues to sync up with the live action universe. Uh this new character, young girl Uh, Has the New Zealand accent as you guys said so definitely seems like she would be a clone But all clones are exact clones of Django Fett and a girl would be a slightly different clone Yeah, Uh, now what is interesting about her is that she is wearing a pendant on her head uh, That is very similar to the pendant that uh, that Nala Sue Nala say who is the chief medical officer on Kamino wears uh, who is one of the Clones, uh, one of the Kaminoans who knew about Order 66 uh, plays kind of a big part in some of the Kamino arcs in the Clone Wars series. Mm -hmm. So don't know if like, Nala say was doing some experiments, and that's why she's wearing a similar pendant. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is definitely something people are talking about. Later in the trailer, we also see this young clone character uh, with an energy bow that is typically yeah. associated with the Night Sisters. So is there some kind of Night Sisters connection? Uh, you know, so people are talking about that. But definitely interesting that we're introducing this new character. Uh, and you know, it is Star Wars. So it's great to have like those younger characters, whether it be Ezra or Ahsoka, Mm -hmm. or Luke himself, but some of these younger characters that are stepping into this bigger galactic adventure, uh, that's part of the fun of Star Wars. So I think it is kind of part and parcel of the Star Wars universe to have that character. Kind of think that the Bad Batch, we might see some uh, divisions amongst them based on the trailer and see certain one character in particular who's there at some points but not there at others and so mm-hmm. looks like we might have some defections or bad batch against bad batch in the trailer and then just some of the other you know obviously you guys said we see moff tarkin we also see a young saw guerrera yes uh in there so i'm gonna get see more of his story uh mm-hmm. obviously saw guerrera a character who was introduced in Clone Wars Animated, then most people know him when Forrest Whitaker reprised the role in Rogue One, and then Forrest Whitaker did the voice of the animated character in Rebels, but this is a younger Saw Gerrera before we get to the Saw Gerrera in Rebels. And so him playing a part, and obviously we also see Ming-Na's character Fennec Shand in the trailer, yeah. looking yeah. like she is hunting the Bad Batch. So yeah, right. so like lots of great Star Wars connections, uh, and these characters uh, do just look awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, and obviously, sorry, forgot the one that pe- people are most excited about, we also see Rex in the trailer. Yep, yep. So we know that uh, Rex, uh, post dealing with everything with Ahsoka at the end of Season 7 of Clone Wars, is going to tie back into this story, and we're going to see what goes on with him when he is uh, with the Bad Batch as well. So lots of Star Wars goodness to be excited about. I cannot wait. And uh, it does premiere on May the 4th with a 70-minute premiere. So kind of supersizing the first three episodes together. And because May the 4th is, I believe, a Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, people are assuming we're going to get the 70-minute super episode on may the 4th for all of our may the 4th be with you excitement and then hopefully the very next episode will drop just a couple days later on friday so we'll get a lot of bad batch in one week
1: for sure and uh to and to make the official announcement laura kelly will be coming back to join us for the reviews of bad batch uh confirmed it with her yesterday uh and of course there was a lot of excitement about her on twitter and so uh reached out to her personally and she was absolutely all guns blazing excited to come back and hang out with us for these reviews so she will be back to do those just like she did mandalorian so shout out to laura kelly we might have another announcement later on in the show as well all right uh Mm -hmm. where shall we go to next who's next
0: i know from a galaxy far far away to uh to to the dc galaxy to the DC (laughs) universe i I didn't i didn't have that planned out Uh, sometimes sometimes the path doesn't present itself sometimes (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes when the Geek Buddies record, um, you know, we're so jazzed about the subjects we're talking about. We have such a good time chatting about those subjects. And literally minutes later, a big piece of news will drop, which is the case that happened last week. Minutes after we finished recording our last week's episode, the news came out. That Pierce Brosnan was going to be <laughs> rounding out the cast of heroes in Black Adam. He's joining Dwayne Johnson's uh, Black Adam, Aldous Hodge's Hawkman, Noah Centineo's Adam Smasher, and Quintessa Swintel's Cyclone. Yeah. So, Boss Logic put up a really, really cool piece of a uh, cool piece of work that he did with, uh, with uh, Pierce Brosnan, heavily bearded, like you know, he's been sporting that you know, big facial hair in the last few years for mm-hmm. different films, showed him with that huge gray beard in the robes, holding the helmet. And then he had another shot with the helmet on. I, think uh, I might
1: have that. Hold on a second. Let's take a look. There it is. That's a fantastic shot right there. I think that's what you're talking about. That's the boss logic one on the left. Sorry, Shannon. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you actually, if you go to boss logic's Twitter, he has a shot with that helmet off with that beard and mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan, like black Adam, we have no idea what this movie is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, the cast that's coming together this is a really really cool cast I mean yeah. I cannot wait to see uh the rock trade blows <laughs> with 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 uh, Elder Pierce Brosnan and Jack Aldous Hodge I think this is gonna be a really fun movie. We don't know what it's gonna be but so far gentlemen what do you think about Pierce Brosnan entering the world of DC
1: Mike uh
2: I think it's great it, it, well it's one of those things where it's like it's just great casting in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes you get cast like like Aldous Hodge is a perfect example. Not uh, what most people picture as Hawkman traditionally, but uh, you're like, God, what a great actor. What great inspired casting. Different, but cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is, yeah. Like, it's kind of like when Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Iron Man back in the day. You're just like, yeah, that just makes sense. He's he's now I can't think of anybody else. Now I can't think of anybody else who would. And because Pierce Brosnan is a you know is a beloved actor, uh kind of an elder statesman in acting, uh, it does kind of bring a little bit more uh gravitas to this superhero universe. It's what Marvel does really well uh with their casting as well. It's like you're you're placing some real heavy hitters in this movie that kind of says to everybody, this isn't a throwaway superhero movie. This is something we're taking seriously because we really went after some of these bigger names. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that it's going to just, it, it, it definitely, with each new bit of news that they release about Black Adam, A, it makes me more confident that the movie's actually happening. Uh, Because with DC there is that track record if we've got this we've got this and you're like whatever happened to that But every time you get more news you're like, oh no, this is this is for real Uh, And it makes me excited and it also reverse engineers it to make me kind of more excited about what whatever's gonna be happening with Shazam yeah uh because you know like there's it's shazam then there's the black adam movie and it just seems like you're just asking for you know whatever's gonna happen with shazam 2 and then these things colliding so it just does make you like we talk about this all the time uh Mm -hmm. i get excited when i when i feel like there's a plan i i get less excited when i feel like everyone's just making it up as they go along and when i feel like there's a plan and a strategy i'm like okay well let's see where this goes and everything that's happening so far with black adam Definitely feels like there's a bigger strategy at play uh, that I, for one, am super, super intrigued to see where it goes.
1: Yeah, I am too. I love this casting news because Pierce Brosnan always brings, as Michael said, gravitas. He brings that nobility to a character like Doctor Fate. You know that has been around for such a long time. People have been desperate to see a version of Doctor Fate live action in uh, on screen in a movie, and so to see him being casted, this already adds more power to this and we had the casting news that helen mirren is going to be in shazam 2 as the villain so you can tell dc is trying to find their people to bring a certain kind of weight to this story this story is massive this story is ages deep ages long occurred thousands of years ago and into the present with black adam and all of that it also means that we're inching closer uh very clearly to the justice society of america with uh, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, and others. And we'll see how that all plays out. Who's going to show up? Black Adam, I think, at one, in one iteration was part of the Justice Society of America. So is this yeah. an anti hero story where he's like part of them and then something happens to separate him out? And that's the tragedy of the character of Black Adam, which makes him an anti hero and doesn't uh, make him necessarily a bad, just not that bad guy, uh, you know, not necessarily that kind of thing. A little uh, a Ralph reference. But like that's, that's exciting too. And of course, if you're a fan of the rocker you follow him instagram he had a release uh he had a big instagram uh, uh video that he released speaking about when the film is going to be uh out and it is a whole big Times square thing july 29th 2022 is the new release date for uh, Black Adam, so it is coming next year, not this year. It's been pushed cons- three times now, I think, and this <laughs> is hopefully the last one once and for all that we're going to get uh, Black Adam coming out. Uh, Shannon? What are you I saying?
0: mean, the, the the Rock has been associated with this role for about eight or nine years, fair, and fair. with DC prior to that, because for a long yeah. time there was speculation that he was actually going to be Shazam. But yeah, it's coming yeah. out July twenty 29th, uh, 29th, 2022, roughly yeah. a year after this next movie that we got our second trailer for, or really kind of a first trailer, like we got an announcement trailer, we got a roll call trailer, but we got the first big look at Hmm. the Suicide Squad this past Friday. Oh my gosh, like what, what a blast this trailer was. I mean, they definitely, they're, they're, they are touching the past because you do see Joel Kinnaman, you see Margot Robbie, you see Jai Courtney, you see Viola Davis. I love that Viola Davis is in kind of brighter colors because that's not really the Amanda Waller that we got <laughs> from the first movie. But yeah. this this movie just uh, look. I mean, you can you can think whatever you like about James Gunn, but you know yeah. you you definitely know a James Gunn movie when you see it, and this looks unapologetically. James Gunn. I mean, you have you have the '80s music. You have the the really funny interplay between the characters. You we got our first glimpse at Starro, um, <laughs> like, like an incredible effect, but also like, oh my gosh, this looks so ridiculous that a giant starfish oh, yeah. <laughs> is walking down the street. But I love this trailer, gentlemen. What did you think? Uh,
1: look, well, it checks all the boxes. I don't know. I, I immediately wanted to go into theater after I saw the trailer. Uh, not a lot of trailers make me do that. This one did like immediately wanted to go right in and watch it. So fun to see. Oh, so fun to see Idris Elba kind of really taking the reins here a little bit more. I wasn't sure if he was just gonna be played for jokes, but I love him here as blood sport, what he's doing. Seeing Joel Kinneman coming back, seeing Margot Robbie bring her uh her u- unusual approach. To uh, to uh, to Harley Quinn and all of it, and then the jokes. David Smolchin, the Peter Capaldi jokes. Him just standing there not saying anything, and they're all just telling him all the rules and stuff. Was so funny, and then finding out the King Shark is voiced by Sylvester Fucking Stallone. Like that, all of it, just like check, 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 check. All the Roka boxes, and I can't wait to see this. And it's also why. And listen, this is I. I hope I say this correctly, but I also it also. Uh, is the reason uh, why I think Disney made the right decision with bringing James Gunn back to finish out Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, he's this unusual flair of his, this unique style works so well for the Suicide Squad. So you can be even more excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So I'm over the moon over this. I can't wait to see it. And I hope it's a lot of fun.
2: Mike? Yeah, it's like I texted Mike Kalinowski. We can both be equally as excited about a DC movie now, and isn't that great? <laughs> uh I am so I mean, I would actually say, given the fact that when even though I think Wonder Woman is uh amazing and is cur- the first one, not 84, mm-hmm. but the first Wonder Woman is one of my favorite movies, I would say I went into that with trepidation. So yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised when I saw Wonder Woman, but I wasn't as excited as I am right now. I think the mm. Suicide Squad is my most Uh, anticipated DC movie of recent memory to come out and it's largely due to James Gunn. I mean, just him being attached to it gave me the utmost confidence. Uh, All the trailers from DC, all all of the announcements from DC fandom uh, and all the interplay between the cast gave me uh, excitement and this trailer definitely gave me a ton of excitement. It also, uh, you know, now we get to start playing the fun game because there was very little that was announced aside from the cast and who the characters were but now when you start to really break down the trailer, you start to figure out a what the movie's about where it's going to take place within the dc universe uh location yep. wise and you start to really put in some educated guesses on which one of the suicide squad is cannon fodder and which one of the ones is <laughs> uh, actually going to make it through this movie yeah uh yeah. i have a feeling we're going to open up this movie with a uh with a very uh elaborate suicide squad mission that goes horribly horribly wrong. Yep. Uh, yep. And given the fact that this this uh the movie uh, the trailer opens with a team coming in to rescue Harley and she's holding a javelin, I have my guesses on who the first villain is to go down. Uh, so I think it's really really fun and exciting. The Starro stuff is awesome. Yeah. Uh this is what James Gunn does really well in Guardians and it looks like he's bringing it to DC which is taking some of the more ridiculous out there, what the fuck, why would you ever put this on screen, whether that is a talking raccoon who has a tree who's a best friend or a giant star with tiny stars that's going to take over people's brains, James Gunn is definitely the guy to bring this to live action and make it feel grounded and silly and real. Uh, And King Shark is already uh, (laughs) tracking to become everyone's favorite. And and King Shark gets a lot of love. I got to give King Shark between between The Flash on CW and the Harley Quinn animated series and now Suicide Squad, King Shark is a villain whose time has come and I am very happy for him. I'm very (laughs) happy for him. We also got
0: a really good look at John Cena's Peacemaker, which, you know, they had talked about him being sort of the very extreme Captain America and judging from his first exchange with Idris Elba, I'm like extreme and also kind of petty. <laughs> like I, <laughs> it's, it's definitely setting the stage for what that Peacemaker series that James Gunn is writing. That's, that, that's going to be on HBO max as well. So I think suffice to say the three of us are, are very, very excited for the suicide squad and we will be seeing it August 6th on HBO max
2: and yeah. In theaters.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Also- and it's, yeah, go ahead, man.
2: My- no, also, just what I mean. I mean, we we talk about it all the time, but like you know, just huge shout out to Margot Robbie. Yes. Like despite like like whether you love DC movies or you're not the biggest fan of DC movies, and the three of us are really varied on that front. So we kind of mm-hmm. come from all aspects on this. Uh, Suicide Squad, not most people's favorite DC movie. Birds of right. Prey, kind of split down the middle. Some people really like it. Some people feel like it didn't hit the mark. But the fact and but the fact that Harley that Margot Robbie's take on Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. has just sustained throughout. That like we've all just agreed that whether the rest of the movie is part of a continuity or not part of a continuity, we don't really care. Margot Robbie has really made Harley Quinn her own, and that's hard to do with a character that's so iconic already. And so just like props to her, because everything in the trailer revolving around her, her kind of saying she can go back in so that they can rescue her, her talking about like personalized license plates. It's like she's really owned this role in a great way, and I think it's awesome to see.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Boss Logic, Shannon. Here's his uh, take on uh, Balboa, there. Rocky as King Shark, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, he also had a Rambo one. I couldn't get up in time, where all these grenades are flying at him, and he's just standing there with the with the classic hunting knife from Rambo and the uh, the helmet on. So fantastic stuff from Boss Logic. He's killing it right now. And his NFT for the recent UFC fight that happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, just sold for $450,000. So, shout out to my man making uh, wow. money hand over fist for his designs. Um,
2: all right, where are we off to next, Mikey? What do you got for us? Uh, well, we are off to uh, third earth on our next announcement. Uh, <laughs> Adam, Adam Wingard, uh, having a big week. Uh, as we are recording this, today is the day Wednesday, uh, hump day, and it is the day that Kong versus Godzilla is finally out <laughs> on HBO Max. And in theaters, yes. I have a date this evening with uh, with one of my fellow geek buddies and Mr. Kalinowski to go see ah. it in a theater. Oh, enjoy, Mr. Roka boys! Would join us. Mr. Roko would join us if he lived up here. Obviously,
1: um, I mean, and maybe I've already seen it. But go ahead, yes, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Uh, so. Everyone's very excited to see who is going to win in this ultimate SmackDown, but uh, everyone is equally as excited as uh, in addition to it being announced that Adam Wingard is attached to sort of a face-off sequel that he is going to be working on. It has Mm. also been announced that Warner Brothers is uh, giving him the reins to helm and direct a uh, big screen adaptation of everybody's favorite cat people, the Thundercats. Ho! Thundercats, 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 Ho! Uh, one of the top '80s brands. When anyone who had grew up grew up in the '80s, there's there's He-Man, Transformers, GI Joe, Thundercats. Like those on the boys' action side are the main four, and the Thundercats are ones that. Uh, People have tried and talked about it. There have been big screen adaptations. There's been two different animated series, neither of one that was a huge, huge hit, uh, both on Cartoon Network, one that was much more adult, one that was much more younger in a Teen Titans Go sense, didn't quite hit the mark. But despite all of that, the story of Lion-O and the other Thundercats who leave Thundera, come to Third Earth and have to fight, Mutants of Plundar and Mum-Ra, as batshit crazy as it is, has somehow sustained, and people are obsessed with it. And one of the people uh, that was obsessed with it was Adam Wingard. Uh, in a, in the In the Deadline article uh, where they're talking to him about it, he reveals that when he was in high school, long before he knew he was going to be making movies, he wrote, hand wrote a Thundercats screenplay. <laughs> Uh, that he took very seriously for his entire sophomore year of high school and uh, would tell people about it and didn't realize that when people asked him questions about it, they were making fun of him because that's a really nerdy thing to do. <laughs> uh, but now here he is all grown up and getting to do it. And I think yeah. the best part about his announcement is that he made it very, very clear that this movie is going to be a uh, some kind of CGI animation special effects hybrid mm-hmm. and that he's very clear on the fact that the Thundercats will not look like Ooh. the characters in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. Because <laughs> we, we have all seen that and we don't want to see it again. No, no uh, so cuts. it's going to be yes. really no more butthole cuts here. Um, but yeah, so I'm super excited about this. Thundercats was one of my faves growing up uh, and I'm excited to, for the potential uh, it also has the potential to be horribly, horribly wrong. True. But we will see. Uh, what do you guys think? How do you feel about a Thundercats big screen adaptation?
1: I mean, I grew up when they were first coming out. So I can't tell you how excited I am to see this happening. Uh, I, it's You know, like, He-Man kind of goes the way it goes in my mind. But Thundercats has always endured for whatever reason. Just the the opening song, the characters they wrote to uh chatara and other things keep me excited about thundercats so having wingard especially having seen godzilla versus kong all i'll say is this excites me that this director is involved with this project i look forward to see what he's going to do i look forward to see his approach to it and the designs what he comes up with what he creates so it's exciting you've got a good strong director behind this sometimes you have to wait for the right one to come along to finally put a project over the finish line this feels like it's it's uh the right person at the right time for this and i can't wait to see what he creates so uh, absolutely excited about it what about you Shannon? i mean super interested like I, i'm not overly familiar with his
0: with his directing i've seen the guest which was a really kind of cool fantastic cool yeah. weird horror movie yeah. um i i will probably have a better better sense of how i feel after watching godzilla versus kong okay. um the, the route he's choosing to go i find really interesting because i feel like you know Warner brothers has the has the rights to thundercats they there have been rumors that they've been trying to do like a live action version for a very long time. And it's one of those properties that's like, how how do you make this work with people? Like, mm-hmm. like it's not to say that it can't, but it's like this is a challenge. But the fact that they're taking an 80s, an 80s animated series and giving it the big screen cgi animated treatment i'm like this is this is a unique swing i don't feel mm-hmm. like this has really happened i mean like they did it with the transformers movie yeah. but that was back in the 80s and that was when that property it, the cartoon was you know hot 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 right. um this this is going to be an interesting project and and i i don't think there's going to be any middle of the road here i think it's either going to be a tremendous success or it's going to come out in the middle of september We'll <laughs> see.
1: or january yeah or january uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly possible but We'll see. Um, All right.
2: Is that it? Anything, any other update on that, Michael? Is that it? Uh, That is it. More more to come. More to come on Thundercats. Uh, We will definitely keep you posted.
1: Absolutely. All right. Let's take a quick break here. And after that, we'll jump into our main topic. And that's discussing the first three episodes of Invincible. We'll be right back. Do,
2: do, do.
1: What was that? I don't that, know. Was that That is that, 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 Am,
0: that is that is Amazon Prime. When you start oh. the app on on your TV,
1: that is the that is the little sound. Do-do-do-do. I don't think I've ever heard a sound with Amazon Prime, but okay. it's there. It's there. No, I can, you know I'm not going to fight it. <laughs> I, I just know the Netflix one. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Boom! Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> got it i got it uh and we have this is, uh, as as uh, shannon just mentioned here amazon prime has released the first three episodes of invincible this happened just a few days ago we'll be releasing another episode here on friday uh but uh, all of us have been fans of the comics uh, and enjoy these characters this is from skybound entertainment with robert kirkman you know i host scn on the uh, sport entertainment network which is part of the skybound Entertainment. So I'm trying to, you know, just just giving you my uh, honest thing right off the bat. But uh, I, I was absolutely excited for these to come out. It took me a while to get around them because I really wanted to find like two hours where I had nothing to interrupt me, watch them this morning, and now we're going to discuss them. Mikey, I go to you first. You're our comics guy here. What was your feeling about this over this overall start to Invincible? And how great do you feel, or not great do you feel about how they've transferred the comic into an animated series form? Uh,
2: I feel really oh. great about it. I have yeah. a uh, I have a, a personal a personal story attached to this. When I was at Sony Television mm. uh, as an executive years ago, I tried to get the rights to Invincible. Uh, met with Robert Kirkman, wow. producer Dave Albert, and then when I went to Hasbro Studios, I also tried to get uh, Hasbro together with them to do it, and. Uh, came kind of close. Like there's a lot of meetings. There was actually even a couple flights to Rhode Island and I'm really glad it never happened. I'm really glad that I failed on that front because that would have been a different kind of adaptation of Invincible that wouldn't have been what this is. And what this is, is despite the fact that they've sort of adapted the story, moved some things around, this is a very, very true adaptation of what Invincible is in the comics Mm -hmm. to the big screen. It's actually really interesting because when Invincible was first released as a comic book, it was at a time, uh, in like the early two thousands when, uh, DC and Marvel were taking themselves really seriously. There was a lot of like really big epic, uh, shattering the universe storylines and Invincible came along and kind of like, while being a serious superhero story also kind of made fun of the superhero universe. And it's interesting that invincible is coming out now because it's almost like now the world uh, or moviegoers in general the more average moviegoer is much more familiar with superhero universes uh yeah. with between the marvel universe the dc universe all the movies that have come out so it's the right time for something like invincible to come along uh i think it's great uh i think that they really wisely uh took one of the big Uh, plot twists that was about a year into the comics and moved it right up into the very first episode Mm -hmm. uh, dove right into the story I think that they're adapting the story really smartly uh, and I love 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 that the episodes are 45 minutes long Mm-hmm. Um, you really in a, you know, when you're working in animation, when you're writing for animation, when you're doing a 22-minute show, it tends to be really plot driven because you're trying to fit all the action scenes and everything. So you don't get a lot of time. If you you're lucky if you get like one moment where you can have like a really quiet character scene because you're really driving towards where's the next action sequence? How are we going to stop the bad guy? What are the plot threads we need to do? Yeah. And the fact that these episodes are 45 minute long, 40, 45 minutes long means you're getting a ton of superhero action, but you're also getting these really quiet quiet, beautiful character moments that uh, that almost feel like something you're more used to seeing in an anime where they yeah. really do focus on emotional beats uh, a lot. And so that's really refreshing. I'm just super happy about the whole thing.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Shannon, uh, you know, this has uh, been an incredible transfer for me personally. I've been enjoying it like crazy. Ripped through those episodes. Could have kept going. I mean, I really could have finished this in one day. It, and they're 45, 50 minutes each episode, which is excellent, as Michael just pointed out. But you've got the story of Mark Grayson. This is the kid, the, kid, the titular Invincible who has to figure out how to be a hero, and his father is hiding the secret, as Michael said, uh, that uh, they moved uh, up to the first episode, which was, like he said, a year of the comics pretty incredible to see that as a side story playing itself out while we're also following along as this kid discovers how to be a superhero you know after the uh, entire uh other superhero team is um, incapacitated for lack of a better term he joins this kind of team titans type of squad and it figures and is like he's got going stuff going on in his personal life he's got stuff going on with these team titan heroes and all of that now he's being asked to take on more then he should be taken on probably as such a young hero so it's a lot to navigate and follow but it's enjoyable to navigate and follow all the different story beats that they're laying out all the incredible characters and all the phenomenal voiceover work that's being done here what, what what's your feeling overall after you've watched these three, first three episodes so i i had not read the comic i oh, okay.
0: my, my i i knew of its this existence is yeah, yeah. um i knew of its existence the trailers nothing really grabbed me about it like i okay. knew that wow. they had a really stacked cast yeah. But in terms of just the, the, the beats that they were throwing out there, the animation style, it was like, I'm going to watch it because I know how much you guys like it. And I know how much uh, how, how popular it was. Um, but in full disclosure, like because the episodes were so long, uh, I have a bad habit of starting shows and kind of watching them with one eye. So I got to the end of the three episodes. I mean, and they're like some of the big twists. I did. I did text Vogel at one point because yeah. I was like, "Oh man, this just happened. Wow." Um, but I got to the end of the third episode. And I'm kind of like, it, "It's not. It's not really hooking me." Um, wow. Okay. But last night I couldn't sleep very well. My allergies were acting up, so I woke up very early this morning. I'm like, "All right, let me go ahead and turn it back on," because I know we're going to talk about it. And you know, truth be told, I didn't. I didn't pay the closest attention to it mm. and going back and watching it again and giving it my full undivided attention. I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. Like there are definitely still parts that I'm kind of like on like, like uh, uh, Seth Rogen's character, for instance, mm. that sequence, I was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about this part, but I really oh. like the relationship between uh, Mark and Eve. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is a really interesting relationship. Like, Zazie Beetz's character, uh, the scene that they had, I think it was in the third episode, I was like, these are really, really good scenes. The performances across the board yeah. are dynamite. They yeah. are just dynamite. I mean, Jason Manzukis is hysterical. Um, I think Zachary Quinto is, is, is d- doing some really, really great work. The design of Omni-Man... Mm -hmm. is that comics accurate that costume yeah that like i don't love the cost like i don't love the look of him he's just ah, look there it is pretty accurate he's so like it's it's just so jacked jonah J J. jonah jameson to me Mm -hmm. and i'm like ah this is so distracting and because it is jk simmons voice who played (laughs) J jonah jameson for all the sam raimi movies i was like this is a fair point this is a weird kind of worlds colliding thing that's happening, but I I am after paying attention to it. um, I am much more invested in the story and I am very, very curious to where it's going. I mean, John Hamm's, white house security guard like i don't yeah. know if he is a runner if he's going to come back but it's it's one of those things that i'm watching i'm like wow white house security is really lax in this in this <laughs> world but but uh i think john ham is is hysterical and i'm like this is going to be a really funny runner if this has nothing to do <laughs> with the yeah. plot going forward that's a, and, and i think that's another thing is because i didn't the, the tone was a, a little difficult for me to nail down because I was like, okay. is this serious? Is this like, there are some very funny moments and then there are some very bloody moments. Um, so it's sort of like, what is this tone? Yeah. Um, but now hearing that it was, it, you know, it came out at a time when Marvel and DC were being very self-serious. So I was like, okay, well, that makes more sense.
2: Okay. And and what the comic did, one of the benefits, I guess, of, of the big moment that we won't spoil but the big moment that happens in the first episode the way it happened in the comics it's like for the first year Invincible was kind of this really bright colorful superhero universe that was kind of funny and quirky Mm -hmm. and was like kind of treating the world of superheroes as a little bit more mundane you know like they don't they don't deal with secret identity stuff like you know Debbie knows that Omni-Man is off fighting a kaiju and he's going to be late to dinner Mm -hmm. and it was very much that kind of tone and so it kind of presents you with this bright shiny world and then a year in when something happens that you're like fuck. Uh, And Robert Kirkman said early on, like he really wanted Invincible to be a comic that was about dealing with violence. And like in superhero comics, we take all of this epic action, uh, you know, world uh, buildings getting collapsed, people getting the shit kicked out of them. And it's like, that's what a comic book is. Invincible, the comic and now the animated series uh, is purposely designed like there's a reason that the show is as bright and colorful as the comic book was mm-hmm. uh, They brought uh, they brought um, the comic book uh, Corey Walker the guy who did who drew the comics mm-hmm. actually has never designed animation before but came in to do The animation designs for the show to make sure it was as much like the comic as possible and it's bright beautiful gorgeous so that when super violent things happen your brain goes fuck Yeah, like I'm not expecting this because it's kind of making a commentary on what we're used to in superhero comics Mm -hmm. and knowing where future seasons can go. uh, The big reveal in the first episode is a huge reveal. It is by no means the only big shocking thing that happens in Invincible. Invincible over its 15 year run had enough shocking beats to fill many seasons uh and even characters that you're not sure about like seth rogan's character alan the alien uh has a whole lot more to do and so robert kirkman has already sort of teased the fact that they may be doing some pre-production on season two that if it does well on amazon they'll probably more and they've really kind of taken all these major arcs in the comics and already figured out how to rearrange the story to say that okay these season one these eight episodes are going to be about this reveal that happened yeah but once we get past that The next thing is going to be this the next thing is going to be this and what invincible did a good job of doing is constantly confronting this bright primary superhero world with the realities of some really horrible shitty things Mm -hmm. and mark's arc as a superhero is navigating uh what it means to be a superhero in a way that most comics don't have a superhero do most superheroes comics deal with very black and white worlds This Invincible is a world where you really get into the grays and I'm excited to see them continue to do that uh, after watching the first three.
1: Well, that's why I think Amazon Prime is the perfect place for it. Just like the boys, you know, the boys challenges it. Also, violent, not as brightly colored, obviously, but a twist right. itself within the first episode of what they uh, make Starlighter do, or you know, or you know, what what's his face makes her do. Uh, all of that, it kind of like the deep, right? It kind of puts you in a place of like, oh, what's this all about? And you've got something that's a companion piece here that shows you that there's a brutality to the superhero world that people, uh, people don't explore or talk about often enough. And I like that they put it on the table. In fact, the first episode did a great job of that. The first 40, 30 minutes, you're like, oh, this is cool. This is great. Oh, so they are going to – say, and then all of a sudden it happens. And when it happens, you're like, holy shit, they did this. They really did it and in such graphic, brutal fashion that I was like, oh, this is great. This is going to be a lot of fun this is uh, the way it's presented is really well done i really enjoy the character let's give some love to the voiceover people here Stephen Ewan is mark grayson sandra o oh is his mom debbie grayson shen already mentioned jk simmons as nolan grayson uh, grayson zazie beats as amber bennett and she's always said amber bennett it's interesting uh gray griffin is my kevin michael richardson is killing it as the Mullins. (laughs) For the love of God, especially in a third episode when they're having that back and forth in prison. Holy Mary. Brilliant, (laughs) brilliant stuff. Walton Goggins as Cecil Stedman. Jillian Jacobs, so great to see her again after having watched Community, gone to that run of Community. I didn't like Love. But it's great to see her again jumping onto this, and, and I'm enjoying her as Eve. You mentioned uh, uh, Jason Manzuka, Zachary Quinto, Mark Hamill popping up as the designer du jour for superhero costumes, Art Rosebaum, Seth Rogen. You mentioned Kari Payton shows up as Black Samson. Uh, you know, we're big fans of Car- Kari Payton here. But Clancy Brown as Damian Darkblood, essentially Etrigan as a detective. I was 1,000% <laughs> excited about this. To see how it would transfer, and it transfers over so well. He's the perfect voice for it. And they're giving you some storylines here, some subplots to really connect to and watch to see how they're going to connect. If you've read the comics, you know, but you always wide open to see how an animated series, especially as Mike mentioned, how they changed the big reveal of the first episode. You're you're looking to see how they make these pieces all now line up as you go forward. Uh, so I'm excited about that overall. As War Woman, she was great. As War Woman, Michael Cudlitz was in this thing as well. And Lenny James as Darkwing uh, for the first uh, episode. Hansu, Hansu uh, Saniquea Martin-Green. This is the guy, Gary Anthony Williams, Sean Patrick Thomas. This is the kind of voiceover it
2: just goes cast that you On and on and, and on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
1: incredible.
0: It's huge. And like that scene between Mark and Zebby mm. as as you know the when he when he has gotten home at night. Amber um, Bennett. Um. No. 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 Mark. and
1: His mom. Oh, it's Mark. And mom, and I thought you said o. I thought you said uh, Andy. My bad. No.
0: Um. Like that moment where you have a mom dealing with a yeah. super powered child um really really interesting i mean like that's that i feel like that's that's touching on some stuff that i mean i i haven't seen before i mean i know it's been in the comics but just that that whole idea of the the potential of absolute power corrupting absolutely i mean really really again like that was a moment that i missed the first time because i was like on my laptop or something Mm -hmm. um but but watching watching her and Stephen young going back and forth. I was like, wow, that's, this is, this is a, this is a very interesting dynamic and just mm-hmm. seeing how the whole idea of dealing with a, with a, with a child who could potentially throw you into space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Directed by Jeff Allen, this whole series, Michael, what are some of the scenes that stood out for you in the first three episodes? I mean, you're the, you're, you know, you, you show run, you're an animation genius here. What, what are your, what stood out for you as you were watching these first three episodes?
2: So animation genius, you say? Awesome. Ooh. Uh, actually, actually, the, the the scene that Shannon was just referencing—I mean, that's that's kind of what I meant about having that forty-five-minute runtime allows you to kind of have these character moments. And that scene with Debbie and Mark, uh, where he does kind of try and step into his superhero-ness and realize that nobody can stop him and she as a mom just dresses him down yeah and then the entire uh discussion that they have uh but even but and to the point you were talking about john uh the yeah. scene with mark and uh and and Amber as he mm. beats uh the whole typical i'm on a date but i have superhero duties and everything and like the way they play all that like it's all it all feels real yeah it kind of feels more modern mm-hmm. uh it's it, it, invincible doesn't tread new superhero territory necessarily it kind of treads the kind of stories that superhero comics have told but it treads them in a way that treats everything more realistically in a way uh and takes uh, a character's superpowers or the way a superpower would work and kind of turns it on its head the way it does with monster girl in the third episode where you're mm-hmm. kind of like huh okay i didn't think about it that way no. uh I, I as an animation person just a shout out to uh, the animation in general uh, I believe they use this overseas studios maven that does most of the DC mm. animated movies and look the DC animated movies are really really good and well mm-hmm. done I you know we've been talking about it on Twitter I just went through and watched all the DC animated movies that I hadn't seen and I know that we were all chatting about them and they're yeah. really well done and really well animated but with invincible you see what happens when you make when you I would imagine are given a little bit of a longer production schedule and a good bit more of a budget yeah uh and you can really see like the quality of animation here is amazing and the two main places where you really focus on quality of animation are one in your action obviously and two in your acting Uh, because both of those things are very different and some studios are good at one and some studios are good at the other and here you have a studio that's really good at both so Mm -hmm. when you really do cut loose in some of these big action sequences where you're fighting an alien army or you're fighting a supervillain at Mount Rushmore and they really let that camera work go and you really look at how they've laid out these scenes and done this animation and you're like this looks great but then you turn it right around and you have a quiet moment between two characters and you can really see like the subtlety of acting and so Mm -hmm. I think it's like it's it's the animation is I I can't think of a primarily 2d animated show obviously there's some cg effects and stuff like that but i can't think of a 2d show that has this quality of animation on television i mean obviously we have our shows like clone wars and some of those other things but uh but this is just in a class of itself from an animation standpoint yeah, yeah. I, I
1: enjoy the the training the training when they're trying to pick out the new team. That was hilarious. The little girl character, oh, my God, just genius on so many levels. Uh, Monster Girl, yeah, just seeing all of that change, like you mentioned, Michael there, is fantastic. Uh, I agree the mother's scene with him. I, I also I think the scenes with him and Eve uh, are very yeah. sweet and tender. You can see this connection growing, but you can also see that he has uh, this almost like there's, there's Invincible and then there's Mark outside the suit, and Mark is having this thing with Amber Bennett while Invincible is – Maybe fostering these feelings for Eve. Where's that going to leave? I love what we see Eve discover in the third episode with Mark and Amber and her reaction to it. That was really cool, too. So all of that, and then, of course, the twist we get at the end is, we're like, oh, okay, where are we going to go with this? Also, there's more to explore here between Debbie and Omni-Man for sure. We're going to get hopefully some more background to see what that was all about and see how that came to be uh, because, I mean, I imagine being married to a guy who can destroy an entire civilization uh, in a few hours uh, has its own – Um, uh, situations where you have to kind of put your foot down and what kind of power does she bring to the situation to be able to put her foot down with Omni-Man and keep him from flying off the ledge. And listen, that scene where he punched Mark, that was an awesome scene because if you've had one of those fathers, you know that moment. You know that moment. Are you feeling yourself? Well, bam! Oh my God. And you go down and you're just like, what's this all about? And it's about male. Like, but but that's going to reverberate obviously as we go forward and be something that is a touchdown that we come back to.
2: It really reminded me uh, in a good way. You know, one of my favorite scenes in Incredibles is the scene where Elastigirl is on the beach at No Man Island and kind of tells Dash and Violet, like, this is real life. Like if these people see you, they're going to try and kill you. And like when Incredibles came out, it was great. Cause like no superhero ever really had the, this is real life. And this scene with Omni-Man and Mark where he punches him and kind of says, look, if you want to do what I do, yeah. people aren't going to pull your punches. And it's moments like that, or it's moments where in Invincible's first big battle, like he pukes, you know, yeah. he like freezes up and he pukes and like, and like him and Eve had that great conversation later where she's like, oh yeah, was that your first battle? Uh, okay. Now it makes sense. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it was rough for me too. And like, there is a, it, it it's weird It by taking, these superhero tropes that we know Mm -hmm. so well, but putting real people in them who react real. Yeah. Uh it, it makes it feel fresh and new and The Boys does it in a very specific way which yeah. is people are inherently assholes and horrible people and this is what would happen and that's what makes The Boys so great. Invincible's a little bit more uh I don't want to say innocent because it's certainly not that. <laughs> hopeful hopeful maybe hopeful maybe hope <laughs> is the right word. But uh but yeah, like as Mark is stepping into this world like it's it's the it's the simple realities. It's the reality that they took an extended scene for yeah. Omni-Man to explain how they fly. And not just say, yeah, we're super, we fly. He's like the way that our we we can bounce off of nothing. Like there's explanations and discussions mm-hmm. about the most typical thing from how we fly to what your first battle is like to where you would get a superhero costume yeah. uh, that is very, very fun. And again, like I said, knowing where every character, from Mark to Eve to Debbie to Omni Man, to Alan the Alien to Monster Girl to Robot, like I like having read the entire run of Invincible and loved it from beginning to end knowing where all of these characters are going to get to go. If we do get more seasons, like I can't wait. Yeah,
1: absolutely agree. Any final words before we wrap up on this? Anything else we want to say about the first three episodes?
0: Uh, I think Omni-Man taking Mark to get his first suit was a very, very (laughs) like reminiscent of the Incredibles, but very, very funny scene that the, uh, the, the, the suit maker that, makes prom dresses during the day (laughs) so he can make superhero suits and wanting to push unsold merchandise i was like oh that's that's a really funny beat and also something that's totally applicable to the real world like yeah yeah, you have your you have your discount rack
1: over here right right absolutely so much more to come i'm sure we've got what five more episodes because it's an eight episode Mm -hmm. series which is almost sad to get all three episodes at once because now we only have five more weeks to enjoy this thing for sure and thank you all so much for watching this episode of the Geek Buddies as well. It was a lot of fun bringing you uh, this episode to talk about all the great stuff in the Week of Geek. I kind of like that term now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be using it. The Week of Geeks fantastic. You can take it.
2: You're the boss. You take we, it.
1: We should hashtag it and put it on the shirts. That would be fantastic. Um, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter. It's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at mk2 and if you would like to follow mr roca it is at the roca says
2: mike uh, as you can tell from our super-packed episode this week, our long journey through the desert of no news has come to an end. Uh, and so as more of these things are announced, as more things go back in production, as more things finally come out on streaming services, as more things finally come out in theaters and we can actually go to theaters again safely, uh, there's going to be a lot more stuff to talk about and we love talking to all of you guys about it. Uh, so if you are enjoying these conversations and want them to continue, uh, like Johnny said, a couple things you can do is definitely click the like button below, subscribe to the Outlaw Nation page where there is all kinds of amazing content, some geeky, some less geeky, all awesome. Uh, Leave us comments below. We love to check them out. We want to know what you think about this stuff. What are you most excited about? What did you see in the Suicide Squad trailer or the Bad Batch trailer that we didn't touch on that you think is super important? What are you thinking of Invincible? Let us know all about that. We want to continue the conversation. If you're listening to us on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely leave us some stars there. Leave us some comments there. It helps us go up in the rankings and the best thing that you can do which we love is retweet this video uh tell people how awesome it is hashtag geek week of geek because that's our new thing now and i'm super here for it because i made it up uh so do whatever get us out there spread the word uh and most importantly hit us up and let us know what you think because we love it in case anyone
1: else made it up, we're not really serious about that. So just in case. It's I do mine. Want to, I don't know, it's don't, all <laughs> mine. No one copyright. has ever
2: put those three words together before, and no
1: one will again. All right. Let's get our lawyers on the phone, get some copyright, going and get it on it. All right. Anyway, we're out of here. Thank you all so much. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies.